Good day and welcome to today's Capital One Listening and Leading Webinar. We are pleased to offer this session brought to you by the Casida Advocacy Committee. Today's topic is Survivor Facing and Acing the Year in Review. As we come out of the pandemic, our panelists will discuss how we organize our work and achievements to prepare for a self-evaluation or how we present our work and achievements to supervisors in a performance review. My name is Mary Beth Challoner, the University of Toronto's Manager of Marketing, Events and Athletic Communication and a member of the Advocacy Committee and I will serve as the webinar moderator. We appreciate you joining us today. But before I introduce the panelists, I would like to say a quick thank you to corporate partner Capital One, presenting sponsor of Casida's Professional Development and Continuing Education Series. As a reminder, we are recording this webinar and when it is available on Casida.com, you can either watch it as an on-demand session on Casida's YouTube channel or listen and download it as a podcast. Please invite your colleagues to listen and watch this as it is free for everyone. Just a quick note to thank not only today's guest, but all of the amazing individuals have contributed to Casida's webinar series. This webinar is the 36th professional development and continuing education session over the last 10 months that Casida and its members have produced for our members and colleagues in college athletics. Now, here are today's guest panelists. Kanisha Rohn, Director of Digital Media and Social Strategy at Belmont University. Steve Flagel, Assistant AD, Sports Information at Whitworth University. And Kevin Trainer, Senior Associate AD, Public Relations at Arkansas. For today's session, we wanted to do it as a bit of a roundtable, a conversation amongst colleagues and really talk to the things we've learned, the elements we've faced and how we survived. Most importantly, how do we evaluate, advocate and communicate what we've been through this past year to our bosses our supervisors, or even ourselves? How do we tangibly grasp all that we've accomplished over the last year? I'm gonna start and throw this question to Kanisha first. What have you learned in surviving the past year? What skills did you reuse or learn for the first time to ensure their work was getting done? First, I want to say thank you to COSIDA for hosting us today. This is awesome and it's been great to be a part of the advocacy committee with this group. Um, I do want to remind folks that a lot of us took advantage of the fact that NACTA and everything under the umbrella had free membership last year and a lot of us just signed up to find out what was going on in those other groups. And that was the first thing that I remembered um, when I had downtime. Oh, let me see what NACMA is doing. Let me see what um, ICLA is doing. Let me see what all these great organizations, what sessions they're having, um, because now I have time time <laughs> to be able to do so. And so that was one of the best ways, resources for me to be able to dig in and find out um, other perspectives on things that we were doing um, by using a free resource that was just handy. Um, and so I started to document that um, and tried to make sure that I attended at least or listened to at least two sessions a week from anyone, um, as well as looking at some of the other professional organizations I'm a part of. Um, PRSA had a lot of great webinars over the last year um, and so plugging in and finding out what they were doing, um, some of their free offerings, there were just so many opportunities for us to expand our wheelhouse and find out things um, from places that were offering free content and so I think that we overlooked that because it was playing in the background while you were doing game notes or playing in the background while you were getting ready for um, an event. 
but those were great opportunities for us to, to learn and expand and figure out um, how we can pitch to other people that we didn't just spend 12 hours doing game notes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but the other thing that we probably did during this time um, is try out new things. Like I love Clubhouse and I used it a lot, but I also tried to figure out, is this something we can use in the athletic department? And so how can I best utilize this tool or not utilize this tool and figure out what will and what won't work for us? Um, but that, I would not have done that if it had not been for the pandemic and having to utilize a new tool. I mean, it just came out in the last year. So having time to vet it and figure out uh, what that was and follow other people as they make goofs and make sure it wasn't, you know, on, on my brand to make sure that Belmont was covered. Uh, but to find out that the things like that were fantastic for us to, to, to say, this is great for our student athletes to look at or not. We should steer them away from these kinds of things. Um, so it's just been a great way for us to reach out um, and again, expand that wheelhouse. And the last thing I'll say is that um, we, since we did have quote unquote downtime, uh, we were able to answer a lot more emails from fans and from parents and grandparents or those inboxes on Facebook from someone who couldn't find where a live stats link was. Um, and then generating a conversation with them that we probably didn't have time for because we were so, so go, 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 go before. Um, now we took the extra time to, to build those relationships with folks. And so now they may have only been fans of their particular sport of their child or grandchild. And now they, they care more about the institution as a whole. So I just want to encourage people to, to not overlook all those amazing things that we did in our free time, quote unquote, um, because we were using it whether we thought about it or not. Those are some great points and something like, I think for me, the professional development was something I didn't think of that you probably did more of that could enhance some of the, um, your elements within your own wheelhouse, but it's not something you generally think of to, to kind of assess and, and add into the, to the conversation, to the mix. So that's, that's awesome. Thank you for pointing that out. Sure, sure. Kanisha, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm, I'm curious, can you think off the top of your head of two or three tidbits that you picked up from some of those other organizations that uh, you, you know I'm going to continue using those in my job going forward? Oh, gosh, there were so many. Um, I think that one of the things that I heard on a um, DEI conversation um, amongst senior leaders was someone using... Um, TV and saying that TV is so important. And so I was like, oh, why is television important? They were like, no, transparency and vulnerability are so important to our business. And so we need to make sure that we, we are walking around as TV sets to make sure that we are connecting with people in a different way. And it was just such a small thing, but it just, it stuck with me um, because I think that our student athletes can grasp onto that. And that's something, a concept that they understand already. Um, and it's something that we practice um, while we're trying to connect with student athletes and connect with administrators as we're onboarding them. And so now we have a phrase that we can toss around that makes it easier to do that. That again, that, that is a great tidbit and definitely something I like the TV. I, I, I may even steal that one myself. <laughs> Please do. I wish I could remember who started it, but it was, again, something so small, but it just, it made so much sense. It made so much sense. Yeah. What about y'all? What did you do on your campuses or your home office? <laughs> well, I think like many people, you know, this is an industry that we, we pride ourselves on, on being a little bit of the technological experts in our area and, and being able to do that. But you know, for all of us, whether it was Microsoft Teams or Zoom or any of the other platforms, 
we all had to learn uh, not just how to get on a Zoom call, but all of a sudden we were thrust into learning how to run a Zoom call, how to do the Q&A, how to um, get a transcript, how to allow people in and out of the weight room. All of these things uh, go back to the operations that we normally would be doing. It's instead of setting up a press conference and setting up microphones and, and having moderators, we're doing that digitally. And so like many things we do in this industry, it's not just having you know, somewhat working knowledge of it, you needed to get into the details and learn exactly how everything worked, allowing media to record Zoom calls um, and, and just uh, learning all the details. So, you know, as I talked to colleagues around the country, uh, they were digging in, uh, trading uh, ideas and notes with each other about the nuances of a program that maybe a year ago we didn't know anything about. Uh, and so, uh, certainly, that was something across the board, not just in our profession, uh, but but I think um, I think uh, members of COSIDA and people in our industry uh, have uh, an uh, ability to dig in and really get to the core of things quickly. Uh, let's let's be honest; we figure it out because we've got to figure it out and to get the job done. And so I saw that even with other colleagues that use Zoom. Uh, we were very quick adapters in, in our industry uh, because not only were we using it for ourselves, we were using it to meet the needs of those for our programs, for our conferences or whatever our organizations are. Uh, we were trying to meet the needs that they have and sometimes they weren't quite sure what they needed, but we were there and knew how to deliver it even in, in that aspect. Mm -hmm. That's another great point. That, that is absolutely um, I know on our campus, doing that whole production element on the back end of teams to produce those segments. And we've been asked to do a lot across a kind of the university, not just in, within athletics. So um, it's a good skill that we, we kind of scooped up. We learned, like you said, we learned quickly, a lot of broadcast elements to it, um, but you kind of figure it out. And, and now we're producing these virtual events in, in various capacities. So absolutely agree with that. Now that we've talked about a, a kind of a lot of these things we've learned, Steve, I, I want to throw this question to you first. Um, and how do you organize all of this, like for yourself and, and others, but how do you organize all these skills, these new tasks and everything that you kind of undertook this year um, and that you've accomplished and, and kind of lay that out so that you understand what you actually did and how do you convey that to others? Yeah, Mary Beth, it, it in a way, what I did is I, I took the year and I have the pre-sports section of the year and then the sports section of the year. And so in the pre-sports section of the year that, that for Whitworth and for many of us uh, occurred in the fall up until uh, January, uh, we had to create all of our own content. And, uh, and so we did that uh, for our website, for our, our social media, uh, for uh, YouTube. And uh, so what I, what I did with that is I've created kind of a, a virtual portfolio uh, that I can present digitally uh, to my supervisor and show them these are the things that we did. These are the, the content areas that, that we did that engaged our student athletes, that engaged our alumni, that engaged our fans, that uh, kept uh, parents involved, and, and it was really important because those folks were hungry. They didn't have it, they were stuck too. 
they were looking for entertainment as well. So for us to be able to provide opportunities to engage with our, our fan base. So, um, so I, I took screenshots of, of web pages. Uh, I, I put together links to uh, YouTube videos uh, and uh, put it all into uh, kind of a document that I can easily uh, email uh, to um, my supervisor in advance of uh, the review. And then for the sports part of the year, uh, basically put together a spreadsheet that showed all of the hours that I worked on each sport. And it shows not only the total number of hours that I worked over weeks or months or, or any period of time, but also how those things overlap and, and, and stacked on top of one another. And it becomes a really uh, valuable visual tool to, to show to anybody, boy, this is what this year looked like. And this is, this is what we had to contribute to, to make this work for all of these student athletes who wanted to have a chance to compete and wanted to have a chance to have a somewhat normal season. This is what we had to do to make that work. What does that spreadsheet look like? I'm almost afraid. To well, it, it, it's several it pages. Like. And it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's going to be, at first glance, it, it's going to be hard for somebody to say, what am I looking at? Uh, but then once I kind of detail it and explain it, then that's going to be, wow, that's, uh, that was a lot of time. That was a lot of effort. Way more effective than pointing to the gray hairs you might have sprouted during the overlap season. <laughs> yeah, this, this has definitely changed already, too. <laughs> What I love about that, Steve, is that everybody talks about the hours they put in and the work they put in, but being able to show that and, and being able to track that, I think, has a real impact. And, you know, people, there's not a single person in any one of the departments that we all work in that doesn't feel like that they put in a lot of time. But what is unique to our industry, what is unique to the crossover seasons that we've seen as part of this pandemic is just the additional responsibility. And so I think sometimes uh, we all don't do a good job of, of substantiating and supporting our own um, argument with, uh, with our supervisors and, and not argument, but just support. Uh, Make the case. Giving. And so I think that's a fantastic idea. I know I'm, I'm sure at times it was a, a pain to kind of go back and look at that, but uh, what a tremendous resource to, to be able to present when you go in to talk about the year. And, and Kevin, I want to I want to address that too because you, you're right. Initially, the first thought when I thought about doing that it was like, oh, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> I don't have time to sit down and put that together. But you know, we are masters of working smarter and not harder. So we know for a home week in football, basically the snapshot of what the hours look like through the course of the week and then on that Saturday for a home week in basketball when we for us we have we have home double headers uh, on Friday and Saturday our, our women and men both play I know what those hours look like and so it's figuring out okay what does a week for basketball look like what does a week for football look like what does a week for tennis look like and they're going to all look different but then you can take those and then plug them in mm -hmm. to each slot that you've created on your spreadsheet for those time periods and and so you don't have to go back through every week and figure out boy what was i doing as long as you know your schedule and how much time you spend for each home event for each away event you can plug those in 
and then they start stacking on top of each other and building the picture. I'm sure that helped your coaches have some grace when they saw, oh, you have 18 other things literally happening today. You're not exaggerating. There are literally 18 things on this sheet that I'm seeing. It's okay. You can put that up as soon as you get to it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You would hope so anyways, right? You would hope that would be the response from your coaches is like, oh my gosh. But I think the visual presentation for me, I, and I think for a lot of people to present that and, act, and to Kevin, to your point, to actually have something physically to show somebody and say, this is what this looks like to me. Like, I'm not just talking, you know, out of thin air. I'm not grasping at straws and, and making up numbers and telling you I'm working a lot. This is actually what happened this day, this week, this hour. So I love the idea of that visual presentation. Yeah, for sure. Wish I had thought of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you say, I, I wish I had a thought of that? Is that I had a thought of that. Last year review? <laughs> Now, Kevin, I'm going to throw this one to you and, and start the conversation here. And, and how do we, how do you quantify all this to your administration? Like, how do you take all this information and with a spreadsheet, how do you quantify this to your administrator and explain kind of what got done despite either lack of resource, minimal resources, or, and, and how do you reframe what actually happened this year so they understand? Well, I hire Steve to do a spreadsheet for me. <laughs> that's what I do after after that discussion. No, uh, no, that, that's a great that's a great question. I, I think it's something, you know, the thing that I love about uh, my colleagues and the colleagues in this profession is that uh, these are not men and women that spend a lot of time worrying about how much time it's going to take or or what it's going to take. They just dig in and, and they do the job, whatever that takes, and. Uh, and I love that about us, but there's also uh, some times where we don't take time. We are a great advocate and, and offer great PR for everyone in our department except ourselves. And, and so I think one of the challenges, and I've been blessed to be in this business for close to 30 years, and you have to reframe it a little bit and, and think and apply some of the same principles that we do for our coaches for our student athletes, uh, for our athletic directors, uh, to ourselves. And, and again, in a way that is uh, recognizing uh, what we've done and what we've accomplished, uh, and not, not in a bragging way, but just really laying, laying out the facts. And, and when I think globally about uh, what COSIDA members have done over the past year, I look at a pandemic that stopped almost everything in its tracks. Uh, almost everyone uh, had less or practically nothing to do. If you're running event management, primarily, uh, there are no events. If you're running tickets, tickets have ceased. If you're running all these different things, one of the things that did not, but became even more imperative, was communication. Communication to fill the channels that we have, either social media channels on the internet, communication with parents, communication with student athletes became imperative as we dealt with something that we had no idea about. There were lots of questions. When I think back of what we did here at the University of Arkansas, some of the most crucial communications we worked on were internal communications, uh, letting student athletes know uh, about what was available, what resources were available, uh, what we could offer, uh, how they were going to get home, when facilities were going to open back up for training, 
to parents who were concerned about their uh, sons and daughters on our campus and how that would be handled um, when they came back. And so I think of different colleagues that uh, slowed down, but uh, this is an industry and this is a group of colleagues that really amped up because it became communications became even more imperative. Steve mentioned earlier, uh, filling uh, needs for content, whether that's reaching out to former student athletes, doing feature stories, that, that website was still up there. Uh, those social media channels were still there. And just because your particular institution was not playing, didn't mean your fans didn't want to engage. And so I think if we just start with that from a premise and think back of those things, we begin to remember things that we did and that our colleagues did around us to help fill that void. So that's the challenge, getting outside of our own mind of thinking that it's bragging, but just thinking about ways in which we responded in a, in a trying time to help our organization. We also have to think about the ways that we've had to challenge ourselves to mentor our graduate assistants and student assistants because some of them were not, not even allowed in our spaces. So how do you tell someone um, who is a first year graduate assistant, it won't always be this way um, and challenge ourselves to, to reassure them that the business will still be there, that there'll still be jobs. Um, how do we um, still teach them how to write about an event when there's not an event? How do we teach them how to um, pull things from stats for their game notes when there's no games being played? It really challenged us to step up and think uniquely um, about ways, about things that we do all the time, but now we're being challenged with, with distance or having someone sit, nuts. at some time we were 12 feet away before we became six feet away. So being in a room with someone and saying, here's how you use that crew. <laughs> like, like, you know, having on a Zoom with somebody in the same room to be able to show them how to do stat crew. We had to be so creative in this space. And so I think, again, we just overlook those things because SIDs just get it done. We always find a way to make things happen. And I just think we overlooked all those great ways that we were mentors in this space um, and even look to um, find mentors outside of this space, outside of the SID business to be able to say, I need help with trying to figure out how to make this go. I need, I need some ideas. And we were able to do that because everyone was in this collective boat having the same experience at the same time. I agree. And, and one of the things I'm hearing a lot of is, is really we need to stop and take stock of what we did and really assess and, and write down all of these things. Because you're right, uh, engaging with student staff over the course of the year in a virtual space with you know, some of them are first year and have an experience, like you're trying to explain to them the experience that they're going to experience and what can we get done this year without, you know, X, X, Y, but don't worry, next year will be, di will be different, I promise. So I agree with you. It was a challenge. It was a challenge to, um, to keep morale up, to keep people stimulated and keep your staff engaged, never mind the, the outside and external audience and stakeholders. So yeah, I think, I think it really is a, t is a time for us to, to not worry about bragging, to just really stop, take stock, write it down, and really fully assess yourself as to everything that you did accomplish. And, and as, as you all have alluded to, not just take stock and quantify and qualify, but as, as, as Kevin said so well, we have to be our own best advocates of all years this is the year where, where we as individuals, where we collectively as an organization uh, need to be our own best advocates uh, in our uh, environments and with our supervisors. Because as busy as we were, 
our, our supervisors, whoever they may be, they were just as busy and they were going through as crazy a period of time that we were. And so it's very likely that they are not as aware of what we were doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And they needed, they need to be informed uh, to the, in the best way possible. And we can't be shy about, you know what? We made this boat go. We, we figured out a way to, to drive this ship and, and get us through to the other side. Earlier when we talked about skills, I mean, one of the biggest skills that we all, listen, we are problem solvers and uh, there were lots of problems. There were lots of challenges. Uh, there were lots of things to do differently than we'd ever done them before. Uh, but um, this is a organization of professionals that are in the room when it's tough and they're making tough decisions and finding a way to get it done. And so I, th I think that that's what separates us from some other professions uh, within intercollegiate athletics is we've got to find a way. And so as Steve mentioned, we, we found a way, uh, we've made it through it. There may have been times where we didn't think we were going to make it through it, uh, yeah. how we were going to make it through it, uh, but uh, got to work. And so I think outlining that uh, is a value beyond the organization that uh, may be taken for granted in some instances, may not be noticed in some instances. And again, there are a lot of us, uh, I'm blessed, there are a lot of us that are, uh, are in organizations that see that, but just like it's impossible for us to know, to be in someone else's chair and know all that they contribute, uh, we can't sit back and, and let them just, we can't assume that they've seen all that has gone into this mm -hmm. to, to help the organization move forward. The other thing we need to do is to make sure that, um, like Steve said, even presenting that amazing document to our supervisors, but we need to say that's something a skilled now, you know, learning how to do DV sport because there were no student workers who usually run it. You had to be DV sport because they weren't allowed on campus or to be in your arenas at a particular time. Add that to your LinkedIn because people actually get paid to do DV sport. You know, that's a real thing. And now it's a skill that you've, you've developed and you've, you've learned the hard way how to make it work. You've learned how to juggle so many extra hats that you thought you'd never have to wear. But I think we need to advocate for ourselves, like Kevin said, and make sure that we tell other people these, this great skill set that we've developed over this time period. Because sometimes everyone needs to know how fantastic SIDs are, aside from keeping stats and telling, being great storytellers. We have so many other skills that we need to make sure that other people know, because when we, when we design our, our, our job descriptions for, um, for uh, assistance, these are now skills that we can ask, hey, what did you come out of the, the pandemic with? What did you come out of that with? Did you pick up some extra things? Because we were able to do that here as an institution, as a department. Um, but don't overlook putting that stuff on your LinkedIn, on your resume. It is fantastic gold stuff because again, people get paid and they come into arena, they just sit down, they do DVDs for it and they go home and they get paid for that. Wouldn't that be great for that to be your side job when you retire from being an SID because you picked it up and it was something that you actually enjoyed doing. All right, Mary Beth, we're gonna put you on the hot seat. You've done a great job of moderating this panel, but you are a great professional of our organization and what were some of the things that you learned? What are some of the skills and processes that you're going to take forward now as we, we venture out into uh, what's next? Oh, well, <laughs> yes. Um, patience, the extra patience is something that you really had to 
um, I, we really had to take, like you had to be aware of, like, I think working through this, managing staff, managing uh, student athlete expectations, coaches questions, like you said, the, the, the parents, the questions you were getting from the outside, you know, everyone just wanted sport back. They wanted events back. When were they coming back to keep up that morale to keep up, you know, and, and there was a lot of conversation. Um, and there still is a lot of conversation around the mental health and well-being of students and in particular student athletes, because you kind of took away that thing um, that they, they used a lot. Right. And they, they, there was a, they used as not, a, I don't want to say as a crutch, but it was something that there was an identity to them. So we had a lot of student athletes um, kind of reaching out, like, what's next? What are you doing? So you, you really had to engage in, in an exercise of, of um, mentorship, of, of listening, of understanding, of, I, and I won't say counseling because that's not necessarily uh, the role I had, but how, where to push them in, in what direction. Uh, we had on our campus, we actually didn't have sport period this year. Um, so they found out uh, some of our, our winter sports or they found out in the fall um, that they actually weren't going to have a season. So how do you keep those student athletes engaged? Um, how do you keep your audience engaged and your fan base engaged? How do you keep, uh, you know, the incoming students who haven't stepped foot in your campus or into venues or into games? Um, how do you get them engaged in the process? So it was, um, it was an exercise in, in futility, really, to figure out from day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, how we were going to present things, angle things, change things um, to engage those audiences and those students and those student athletes and, and even our coaches at times. So um, it was an interesting process for us, but uh, you take an exercise in patience. Um, you learn how to take some deep breaths um, and you learn how to, to work through it together and, and kind of keep like, Steve was mentioning keeping that ship steered in the right direction um, was definitely uh, something you learned as you learn to be a captain. <laughs> this is one of the ways to put it. So, yeah. So that's that's what that's what we took from up here. And there's a there's a probably a long list of other things. Again, I'm gonna have to sit down. I'm gonna take in what <laughs> said and what you said. I'm gonna take stock of exactly kind of what's happened. Um, and I'm going to use Steve's spreadsheet idea to kind of lay it all out there and really assess um, everything that we did without events and without games on campuses and student athletes on our campus. What we're going to do is just one, I'm going to ask each of you to give me the, you know, in this, in this kind of final segment, if you will, give me 20 seconds of your, you know, a tip or a trick that you have for anyone listening today. So we'll start with Kanisha. I would remind everyone to, to practice self-care. Um, if you're doing that amazing spreadsheet that Steve mentioned, look at all the hours that you've put in at your desk, at, at arenas, at football fields, at wherever you have participated in an activity and make sure that you take time for yourself. We pour into so many other people as media relations folks, and this is the best time to take care of yourself in this time. We taking care of everyone else during this time. Take care of ourselves. Steve? Uh, as hard as it, as it is to be evaluated by someone else and to feel like you are being put on the spot, uh, that's a great reminder to uh, offer grace to those around you, the students who work for you, the coaches who work with you, your family members. 
uh, we've all been through a heck of a year and we've all had to deal with so much uh, that we never expected to have to deal with in our lifetimes and, and learn how to do things completely new. So it's a great reminder for us as we're being evaluated to offer grace to those who we interact with every day. Kevin. If you hear anything uh, that we've said today, be reminded, you, you are not alone. You are in a group of professionals and colleagues and friends that, that want to help. So if you're intimidated, if, 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 if it's, it's been a rough year, you need some help in, in preparing for that year-end evaluation and, and how to or just use the resources that you have. Anyone on this call uh, would be willing to, to work with you, to visit with you, to help you see through lenses that are not your own. And, and also, uh, if not one of us, reach out to a trusted colleague, a friend, someone at another institution, someone in your league or your conference. Uh, they know what you're going through more so than, than anyone else. So uh, use those resources and uh, reach out, uh, visit. Uh, I find that that is where I get the best advice is from the men and women that are sitting in my chair, know what where challenges are. And, and so just encourage you to reach out, ask questions and uh, prepare yourself for the year in evaluation and in uh, the year ahead. So reach out, let us be a help. Thank you for all of this, you guys. It's been a great conversation. Um, and I hopefully one that uh, when people listen in or watch this, will will really sit down and appreciate the information that we provided and maybe some tools and some tips and tricks to help them through um, the end of this period that they've survived and to know that they've survived and they've survived it um, you know, well, and they've, they've made it through. Um, so again, if I can conclude here, I, I just want to thank Capital One for sponsoring Casida's professional development and education programming. For those watching and listening to this pre-recorded session, thank you for joining us today and whatever day you're watching us on. We encourage you to check out Casida.com for updated information on our on-demand professional development opportunities and what's on tap for June's virtual convention. That convention takes place online June 7th to 10th and all current Casida members are automatically registered for it. Please check Casida.com for details on the virtual program, divisional day programming, the virtual 5K run walk, the virtual exhibit hall, our Cosida 21 Open, which is an online golf tournament in partnership with Next Step Solution, and much, much more. Thank you again for being with us today.